Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Hi, I'm Jackie Maddox, and very honored today to have Phil Gallagher on our Women in Electronics Leader in Highlight radio program, where uh, Women in Electronics is an organization in our industry that was founded in order to create more leadership talent in the industry and to help advocate, develop, celebrate women as well. And Phil Gallagher has been a very um, influential person in our industry who has supported women in electronics through sponsorship. With that, Phil, thank you so much for being here and um, just wanted to have you introduce yourself. Thanks, Jackie. It's uh, great to be a part of it. I appreciate the uh, the invite and looking forward to the uh, to the dialogue. I've been with Avnet roughly well, going on 38 years now, so we'll probably touch on some of that experience as we go through the conversation. That so sounds thanks. great. That sounds great. You know, Phil, you just mentioned 38 years. That is incredible. Um, and there's more beyond that. So tell us how you got here, being the president of Avnet. What has your journey looked like? What were some key influential steps along the way? Tell us how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure, Jackie. Um, so thanks again. Um, well, I started in 1982. You know, I was still at school, uh, Drexel University. I'm from Philadelphia. Go birds! And I uh, was still at school, and frankly, ended up finishing night school. So I kind of kind of ran out of funds, if you will, to uh, to finish full time, and started in sales with a company called Hamilton Avnet. That was the name of the company back then. When I started trying to explain to people uh, what electronics even was, right? What was a semiconductor? What was a computer chip? A capacitor is really really a challenge. And as a matter of fact, PC named the, the PC was named as Time Magazine's person of the year 1982 hmm. that's your name it was the first time ever that a non-human was named as times magazine person of the year to personal wow. computer so that's 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 how long it's been wow. since i actually started and then it was just a journey and uh i would say that uh, every three years uh or so you kind of we're, we're moving up the curve and went from sales to sales management um pretty much had almost any any and every job uh inside of avnet over over the journey, I uh, started in Philadelphia, then moved to Los Angeles in 1993. It was a big stepping stone. Our corporate was in L.A. at the time, so I got a chance to meet a lot of influencers, if you will. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about mentors and experience here in a little bit. And then uh, Avnet moved to Phoenix, and we're now incorporated out of um, Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I currently reside now for the last you know, 22, 23 years or so. Wow. Well, You've had quite a journey, and you know maybe you can tell us a little bit about Avnet. Why Avnet, and what are some of the competitive advantages you see um, that Avnet has over the competition? What are some of the best practices? It's amazing. You and I both know distribution has evolved and changed and changed so much over the years. So just tell us a little bit about that and how you have sure. evolved with this change with Avnet. Sure. You know, well, first of all, Avnet is going on, uh, we're going to be 98 years, we're actually 98 years old, if you could believe that. Yeah. We started on the Radio Row in New York City after World War One. So we've been around a long time, and we plan on being around for a long time in the future. So, you know, if you go back, um, well, and roughly we have 15,000 people uh, globally uh, today, uh, one of the world's largest electronic uh, component 
of distributors on, on a worldwide on a worldwide basis. Clearly, um, you know, and it sounds trite, you know, people say, what's your biggest, you know, distinctive competitive advantage? And frankly, it's our people. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, I can say in the last 37 years, you know, what we do has not changed a whole lot, frankly. How we do it has, okay, with electronics and EDI and digital and e-commerce and whatnot and automation. But it's all done through employees, all of it. And people do business with people that they like and they trust over you know, many years, uh, years of time, if you will. We have relationships with uh, suppliers. We've celebrated 65 years, 50 years. Um, just celebrated Intel's 50-year anniversary with Avnet um, just a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact. And it's people doing business with people that they like and trust. So number one, a uh, differentiator is our, our, our team. Uh, integrity, uh, we've been named uh, the world's uh, most uh, ethnic company by Ethisphere uh, six years in a row from 2014 to 2019. So you got to be, you know, trustworthy uh, over periods of time, and then one that's really you talk about the chain, how the business has changed. I mean, you've got to be adaptable. You know, you got to be agile because uh, we don't know, you know, what's that next competitor around the corner that we don't even know who's out there yet, right? right. And uh, and so we've certainly seen that landscape change. And I think one of the other biggest things that's changed since I started is the business used to be very local, used to be by city, if you will. Uh, then it went across the Americas, in my case, and then of course, global. So business is global today, and diversity of culture and people, employees, uh, is going to maximize your success on the global front. Well, that's such a good point, Phil. And, you know, that's a good segue into another question that I have for you. In May, you participated in a panel at EDS, and it was called Building Winning Teams. And that's such a good point to what you were just saying about building your team. You were um, a great panelist to have um, at that event. So how do you feel um, diversity and inclusion is looked upon in our industry? Do you feel we're making strides? And, and since that conversation at EDS, when we were all discussing so many aspects of this, what right. have right. you changed at Avnet as a result? Is there something, a takeaway, you went back and, and changed to build more winning teams within Avnet? Yeah, first of all, it was a great panel and, and thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, I think it was a highlight of EDS, frankly, um, the women in electronics uh, building winning teams. So first of all, diversity is, is uh, ultra important and going to become even more important. It, and it's been proven that companies that are less diverse, okay, perform worse, okay, and companies that are above average, okay, in diversity scores perform better. And that's, there's public data out there that, that speaks to that, um, and we did talk about that on the panel. Things that we've done since, and I'm going to tell a little story if that's okay, Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually started this whole, we're piloting, you're hearing a lot about this unconscious biasness, right? And we talked about that on the panel, that we all have biases. And, and that doesn't mean they're all wrong, by the way. Um, but we do have an unconscious bias towards certain people we might be hiring or certain people we perceive might be the right person for that job based on who we are and who we've grown up with mm -hmm. and who we've worked with in the past. But that automatically can be a, a bias that's also negative and it could be an an, an unfortunate a prejudice. Okay, so we're actually doing online training now about you know do, doing unconscious bias training. We're starting to use uh, gender gender neutral job descriptions. So you know, it doesn't matter if it's male or female. Here's the job description. We're starting to scrub names uh, off of resumes. Okay, so that there's no bias there to, to a name. 
So we definitely have, have started to do some things a little different or accelerated, probably, I should say, since, uh, since May. Let me tell a story I, I, okay. I told there, and, and I think it's a, it's a good one. Not because it's my story, but so when I was in uh, running the Southwest, um, the better part of the West Coast when I first moved, I picked up the territory. It was a large territory and picked up a staff of uh, nine roughly regional managers and district managers. And they all kind of looked like me. I was, a, I was, it was back in 1995. So I was, you know, pretty young uh, and re- relatively immature leader, right? Just taken over. And, um, one of our, our leaders out of uh, San Diego, he had responsibility for San Diego and Phoenix, so I won't mention his name, came to me and was complaining about um, a person that was in Phoenix, and it was a she, and she, it was a she of, of uh, an African-American, okay, a woman of color. And I said, well, what do you complain about? Well, she's a little tough on the people and a little tough on this and that. And I said, well, I don't know. I said, every time I go into Phoenix... All I do is see her working. I mean, she's just getting stuff done, and she actually does a really good job. So let me go talk to her and, and see what's going on. So after I talked to her, um, I went back to the gentleman who was one of our leaders in, as I said, San Diego, Phoenix. I said, Bob, look, I took care of the problem. I took care of uh, Linda. Her name is Linda Love. He said, okay, great. What are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm going to promote her. You know, I think, you know, I think she's capable of doing a lot more. So she's going to be my operations personnel across the whole Southwest. So you're going to have a chance to deal with her at my staff level. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, he was gone in, by the way, he was gone in a year. But point, point is the productivity, I had a Linda, I had a person like Diana Corey, and all of a sudden within a year, 30, 40% of my staff was female versus male. And I tell you, our productivity went through the roof. So mm-hmm. the, the, the stats that are out there, I absolutely 100%, 200% agree with. And I hope Linda gets to listen to this story. I, I told her a lot, she'll, she'll chuckle. She's still with us, by the way. I became vice president, ran all the America's operations, and just wanted to share that story. Wow. Phil, you know, that's just such a tribute to you because when I have seen you in the industry, and obviously I have showed up to a lot of the executive conferences, but kind of seeing you from afar and knowing just different times of interacting with you, you're very personable. That is one of the things I've always respected about you. Um, I don't, I haven't spent a lot of time personally with you, but the interactions I have had is you're very kind and you talk to people and you treat people like they matter. And that is such an important leadership quality. And that's what sticks out about me with you. And I think that's one of the things that makes you such a good mentor. And it was actually a great segue into that um, discussion about mentorship and, mm-hmm. and your experience maybe being mentored up in the industry and also how you plan to, from here, mentor other people up. Great. Well, thank you for the compliment. So, yeah, big believer in mentorship. Um, and, 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 and I would say formal mentorship programs and informal. Since sometimes they, we can get overly formal with it, and it becomes a job for people. And, you know, it shouldn't be a job. And mentorship can, can, can happen, you know, every day. I, and I've been blessed. I've had a, a lot of good, um, well, first of all, I, you know, my family and uh, background was terrific. And by the way, I got I got to share, you know, one, one of my mentors today is my wife. And oh. We're married 30 years uh, tomorrow, okay. as a matter of fact. So that's good news. <laughs> in her world, I just live in it, as we say. But um, I was lucky, you know, from the, from the very beginning, a guy by the name of Jim Lumley, uh, who just passed recently, was one of my primary mentors. I was a co-op a college kid, and I had fallen on, let's just say, some bad luck like we all do. And he's the one that actually, out of nowhere, was watching me. You know, I didn't know him that well, and 
he said, hey, today I set you up for an interview with Hamilton Avnet. I said, well, who are they? He said, don't worry. They're up at the Temperance House in Newtown, Pennsylvania. They're looking for a sales kid, sales guy, rest of the world. And bang, next, you know, I ended up taking a job and ended up being 37, 38 years later at career. And I always mentioned Jim, and he just taught, taught me the you know, foundation, relationships. Don't ever forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. And too many times you see people that are they're great, then they get promoted, and they forget where they came from. And, yeah. and humility is, is really important. But I've been blessed. You know, Jim, Dan Buckley, uh, he was my first sales leader. Uh, Dan's retired from that after 30-plus years. I still quote him all the time. So Dan was another one. And then you just learn. And I mean, I would just tell people, yeah, you should you know, understand where you are, understand where you want to go, and, and what is that gap, and who can help you? Because people, they do want to help you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I heard a saying the other day says, "Don't dress dress for what you're doing today. Dress for what you're you want to be tomorrow." And and then what is that gap? And it's it 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 could be personal friends, business leaders, and just learn. You can learn a lot by just watching people. You know, and mm-hmm. and you, you instinctively know the difference between right and wrong, and what's good and not. Okay, do what's right, avoid what's wrong, and and, and you know, just connect with the right people and. And, and I tell you, you know, again, it's back to the, the females and a lot of what we're on this call about. That, you know, whether it be Linda Love, I, I learned as much from Linda Love as she learned from me. Uh, Cindy Eldridge today, um, Karen Worley, Geraldine Ventura. These are people in our business that I work with all the time, and, and you learn from them. You know, so, yeah, I think you should definitely have a mentorship. I think it's great. Um, don't just have one. You know, sponsors are good as well, but make sure you're, again, you're diversifying the feedback and, and getting people that are going to be honest with you, not telling you what you want to hear, okay, but telling you what you need to hear mm-hmm. to get better. Because sometimes we associate with people that just make us feel good all day, but that doesn't mean it's always going to help you. Wow, such a good point, Phil. And, you know, something we talk about in Women Electronics as well, you mentored, mentioned formal programs versus uh, mm-hmm. more informal we find women typically like a more formal program. Men tend to gravitate towards an informal program. Some of that is confidence. Heather and I talked earlier um, about this, is that women don't necessarily always have the confidence to approach a male leader and to get their mentorship, whereas a man is more apt to say, hey, let's go grab a beer or let's, you know, can, can I talk to you? So within Avnet, uh, what is your plan within um, the corporation? I know you have the Rise uh, team, and you have a, yes. a great uh, program going there. Uh, we also have a formal mentorship program we're creating industry-wide from women in electronics. And by the way, m- we might hit you up for that. But anyway, can you just speak <laughs> to that just real quick? Sure, can. So we have, um, you mentioned one already. And um, first of all, I should just share that uh, women should be more confident. And uh, we just had a uh, panel, so some things we're doing. We just had a panel this week. Three of our board members are, are female, okay, board of dire- on the board of directors, which is 30%, okay, a little over. Um, so we had a uh, our rise, and our rise is, is all the women, the, the women senior leaders within Avnet meets on a regular basis. And we're participating in the, in the, the WE, the regional WE uh, mm-hmm. events as well. So we had our board in this week, and... Um, uh, Joanne uh, Jenkins and Brenda Freeman. Joanne's the CEO of AARP, really impressive. Hmm. And Brenda's CMO of Magic Leap. And they talked exactly to your question, and they encouraged the women there to be more confident. Tend to, you know, even when it's going out, out for a position or a job, they, they said there's, there's 10 bullets 
down, and they've got 11 of the bullets covered. They still feel, you know what, I don't think I'm quite ready. And Joanne took a shot at the guys, which was fine. The guys in those same 10 bullets might have two covered. And they say, hey, and they go for the job. So they just said, hey, get out there. Uh, they used the word grit. Have some grit, right. okay, and, and be more confident. So to all the women on there, just, uh, don't, don't be afraid, okay, and, and, and don't, don't be bashful. But as far as the other part, the RISE program is a great program that we have, and, um, and we, we participate, we meet with them on a regular basis, and it's run by uh, the women leadership. So it's not like there's a, an executive from the board that, that runs that. So that's really a, a great program. And then we have other leadership programs that incorporates women as well uh, that's more around overall development for the next generation leaders, and that's called LEAP. Um, and then for the level just below me, it's called Atlas. And, and we, we are very careful to be sure that when we select people for those that we have a really good mix, okay, of, you know, from a global. You know, all, they're both global programs from all regions, uh, all functions, male female and diversity so yeah we're, we're doing quite a bit in that space and of course we're a big part of uh, and we'll be by the way uh with the women in electronics and just you know we did re-up our sponsorship so we'll no problem well there. we appreciate that very much phil <laughs> we really truly appreciate your support and we we look forward to working with you just uh you know a few days ago we had a separate conversation about unconscious bias like you were talking about so yep. we look forward to working more with your organization to develop um, all the leaders in these areas to bring more w awareness. Um, and then last, like we've probably got about five more minutes and I just wanted to ask you, you know, in our industry, as we know, it's a very mature industry. We have a lot of amazing uh, leaders that are in the next five to 10 years, probably going to be retiring. We have a lot of new talent coming up. We probably don't have enough. Uh, we need right. to get more into our industry. But what advice do you have for this next generation on their journey? You know, what has worked for you? Maybe what would they have to do different? What would you say to these next up and coming leaders? Well, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I do say to them, because <laughs> we meet with them regularly. Um, first of all, you know, I, I always talk about IQ uh, and EQ, EIQ. Um, IQ is obviously how, how smart you are. And, you know, I, I, and I share with you, whether it's the interns, uh, the senior leaders, I talked about with Leap or Rise, I go through the same exercise that, you know, everyone in that room, when I'm, when I'm meeting with them, they're, all their IQs are probably within plus or minus 10%. I always say I'm probably the, on, the, I'm on the low end of that for sure. But the EIQ, where people make mistakes or, or don't progress as much, and they, they want to be the smartest person in the room, and they forget that emotional intelligence is really the most critical thing when you're going to that next step. And, and it's, it's things like, it's not all about me, it's about we, okay? It's not about I. Good communication skills, teamwork, attitude. I mean, I talk about teamwork all the time. And I, I say to them, how old does it get? when the person's constantly about what I accomplished instead of what we accomplished and mm -hmm. the team accomplished. Um, attitude. I, I talk about attitude. You know, look, we all have an, an entitled to a bad day here and there. But I tell them, I say, look, if you're never getting asked out to lunch by one of your coworkers, it's probably you, not them. Okay? And, and that's a harsh thing to say to people, but right, we know people that, have, are, that are negative all the time. Mm -hmm. you know, who, wants, who wants to hang with them? I mean, who, it is going to be an inhibitor for you. So be positive. You know, keep a sense of humor because um, it's okay to laugh and, and laugh at yourself first. And these are all things, by the way, 
none of these are anything about IQ. They're all about EQ. And this is where people do get derailed, all right? And because, again, back to don't forget where you came from. Uh, as I was saying, you'll see the same people coming down if you're not careful that you see going up, mm-hmm. all right? So I talk about the soft stuff. I, I really do. And, you know, can leadership be taught or be learned? I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's always a – is it just natural? I don't know. It's a debate you can always have. But these are – I call them the top ten coaching tips I use constantly, okay? Uh, and then hold yourself accountable. And then the last one, hey, it's okay to be humble. Humility is a healthy thing. It's okay to say, you know, I, I messed this up. Uh, I made a mistake. I screwed this up. I mean, people, other leaders and people that you work for would say, wow, that's pretty impressive because my last boss, he never made it or she never made a mistake. Yep. So humility, I think, is really important as well. But that's, that's exactly what I focus on when I, when I meet with the next generation because we, we are short. You're absolutely right. Um, toughest thing is, is finding strong leadership. And, uh, and without it, uh, you, you can't maximize your success. Right. And, you know, I have one of our leaders in the industry who early on in my career, he taught me something that I've used the whole way through. He said, when you're making important decisions, think about what's right. You know what's right. But also, is it fair? Right. Because what's the right, right thing to do is not always fair. or What's fair doesn't always seem right. So if it passes those two, you're pretty good. So I've, I've always listened to that, and I always enjoy yeah. talking to people like you and some of our leaders in the industry so much. Phil, we appreciate your time today. I know how busy you are, so thank you for taking the time out. And if anybody listening wants to be a part of Women in Electronics, please contact us at womeninelectronics.com. Have a blessed day. Thanks, Jackie. Take care. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.